0: goes Pittsburgh that is right welcome to the Bernie Network podcast post game victory pod Brian throw all your notes out stats don't matter breakdowns don't matter we got the dub in Pittsburgh crack it open
1: Ah, there we go two things I don't do wear jerseys and drink during the week and I'm doing both right now
0: My boy is wasted on his couch right now.
1: I've got my white, of course, my white Clinton Portisters on, white on white. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I'm sitting here, we're now, what, maybe an hour after. I cannot believe that just happened. Uh, This is unreal.
0: We talked about the pregame show, all these ways to win. And it's like nothing mattered in this game. So many things went wrong for for us, like off the bat with Gibson going down. I was like, there's no way we're going to win this game. Offense wasn't doing anything. Typical Washington football, first half of the game. But, Brian, second half Washington came through in Heinz Field. Defense came up so big this game. Let's talk about it. First half. It was slow. Big Ben was carving us wide open. What adjustments do you think we made in the second half to slow down Big Ben? There were some drops. That certainly helped. But defensively, what did you see second half where we just started feasting and causing havoc to get this done?
1: Look, I I think, like you said, they're a second-half team. And it seems like they're really confident in what they call. It seems like those coaches are really confident in the game plan they have out there. And it's just tweaking minor things. But they've talked about it all game long, at least all second half long on the broadcast, that the way they rushed with four guys, and they were hell-bent on doing that. Just rushing with four guys. They weren't going to blitz. They weren't going to put themselves in bad situations. Jack Del Rio stuck to his game plan, and it paid off, and it paid off in a huge, huge, huge way. Uh, I mean, we, we, I feel like we've just kind of talked about that they're a second-half team, like they've improved from first to second-half each week, but they really are a second-half team. I mean, unbelievable. They weren't doing anything like you said, uh, and the fact that they come out there and, and they turn it around like that, unbelievable. Uh, I, I still can't get over it. and you're right. The adjustments were just unreal.
0: I hope all the Chase Young defense haters were watching the game today because they say, oh, you know, there's no sacks, blah, blah, blah. Still no sacks this game. None. Big Ben hasn't been sacked in like eight seasons. Something stupid. Like, it's crazy. Right. But you still see what Sweat and Dron Payne, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Kerrigan, everybody was just getting to him, causing pressure in the tips montez sweat we've seen it a little bit and then thanksgiving with the pick six and then today he had like what probably three tips he almost picked one off again montez sweat is he's going to the pro bowl right he's got to go
1: i mean got to and and you know i want to give credit to montez sweat because that dude is working his butt off the fact that he is making an improvement uh this quickly from year one to year two but is there another guy that's benefiting more from Chase Young and Jack Del Rio than Montez Sweat? I mean, you add in the fact that he's just hes a beast, he's a freak athletically, but the fact that they're, they're honing in on 99 so much, they, they kind of forget that n- number 90 is a, a beast in an, on his own on the other side, and he's shown it this year. You're right. If he doesn't get a Pro Bowl, it's, it's, cr- uh, it's criminal.
0: If I told you <laughs> before this game, that Gibson would only have two carries and he would get hurt and that Terry McLaurin would only have 14 yards catching what do you
1: think the score would be I mean you you got to think they lose by two touchdowns at the at the minimum
0: yeah, at the, the minimum. minimum yeah I'm I'm looking at like a 48-3 game at that point and like we talked about before the game first off this made me so mad they're saying, who's the comeback player of the year? Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger. And I'll put the tweet out. Ben Roethlisberger had, like, a freaking hangnail on his hand. Alex Smith had his leg completely demolished, almost lost his life, came out, went to Heinz Field, Terry McLaurin. I mean, realistically, Not the Steelers game plan. Yeah, the game plan is 100% Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. As soon Wait. as Gibson goes down, you literally only have to worry about Terry.
1: Which you t- you tweeted out and I was like exactly. They were gonna go after Terry, they were gonna go after Antonio, they were gonna make other guys beat them, and we had to know that going in. And the fact that Washington was able to, to fight through that was unreal. And not to mention you mentioned the leg that we all know about. It looked like Alex Smith was about to bleed out of the other leg <laughs> tonight. I mean unbelievable. He's
0: taking bullets on the field. That was that was a lot of blood. Like I was concerned. Yeah. That was a lot of blood. Thanks Chase Rullier for stepping on. Maybe that's what we needed. Maybe Alex said, "Look, beat me up a little bit, shed some blood, and I'm gonna start throwing this dart through 46 passes tonight. Almost hit another 300 burger. He was right up there with Ben. Had a higher average. No turnovers. No interceptions. That that's exactly what you want from Smith. And you know, we said in our pregame show if he throws like over 30 something passes, we don't win this game." But it's crazy because once Gibson does go down, literally your only backs are McKissick and Barber. And we know what Barber is. We know. He's a 1.6 average. That's exactly what he had tonight. That's the kind of running back he is. If it's third and inches, fourth and inches, give it to him. But if it's second and ten, he's not getting the ball. So for him to go down and for Alex Smith to step up, stamp it. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. If this game didn't do it, then there's no hope for the NFL and whoever votes for that award.
1: I honestly, and it was kind of like a, not a joke, but maybe just an exaggeration. I mean, you really got to think about renaming the award after him. The fact that this dude almost lost, like we said, his life, almost lost his leg, and the fact, and now that he goes in and ruins a perfect season for the Steelers, like, Uh, They should rename it tonight. Uh, Unbelievable, the fact that he he went out there against a defense that all they do is hit the quarterback, and all they did tonight was hit him over and over and over again, it felt like, in big situations. Um, uh, Yeah, you know, that's maybe an underrated thing that we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously, the defense was unreal. Obviously, Cam Sims showed up and made some huge plays. J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, but... Alex Smith, the fact that he went out there and, like you said, threw it more than he probably should be throwing it, went toe to toe with an undefeated team, and won. I mean, unbelievable.
0: And we have to talk about the guys who did step up. Like we said, Terry. Steelers did an excellent job. First off, there was a couple passes. You know, there's probably two he could have caught, but still, Steelers just did a phenomenal job. I mean, shout-out to them. Their defense, we knew, you know, they were second overall in the league. We knew what what to expect. We talked about, you know, how um, Dupree went down, but T.J. Watt was still T.J. Watt. The secondary was still on point. But, man, Cam Sims and Logan Thomas. First off, both of them had crazy one-handed catches. Yeah. Cam Sims clutch. We call him Silky Sims, but he might be clutch Cam because before halftime and at the end of the game he stepped up when we needed him the most is training camp cam finally regular season cam
1: i, I mean you got to give him you got to give him more opportunities the fact that he's making plays in the biggest of situations i mean just kind of rewinding a little bit the touchdown against new york i mean you know the one-handed catch all he does is make a big play in a big moment give me that guy every week, give him a, give him four or five balls a week. I I mean, he's earned it at this point. You're absolutely right. The training camp guy that hasn't really translated to the field uh, for however many years now, I mean, maybe he's making and carving out and demanding a role in this offense and I'd be perfectly okay with it because all he does is show up in big situations. And you got to think that that's just going to continue to happen as he gets more mature and has more opportunities.
0: And Logan Thomas, I mean, we've been talking about it. Is he a tight end one? Is he a tight end two? I mean, it's, it's hard to sit here and say he's not a tight end one after this game. And it's dangerous if we do draft another tight end. Imagine him being a tight end two.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, the fact that he's doing this as the only tight end and no offense to Hemingway and Sprinkle. No. All the, offense, sprinkle, yeah, all
0: the offense Disclaimer, to Sprinkle, first off. Disclaimer, I'll put the offense. I'll take the full credit for the offense.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. The fact that he is the legitimately the only option at tight end, you're right. If they add in, let's say, let's dream big and say Kyle Pitts or let's oh. say they they add a guy in the off season that's a that's a playmaker and he's a tight end too, can you imagine having a game plan for two Uh, legit tight ends on the offense, I mean, that's like, that's basically what Tom Brady did his entire time in New England, just had two tight ends all the time. Can you imagine if Washington gets to that point? Um, I I had to remind myself, I was looking it up during the game, I was like, please don't tell me that Logan Thomas is only on a one-year deal. And he's not. We got one more year of this, which makes me so excited. And if you told me in September that I'd be excited about having (laughs) multiple years of Logan Thomas, I would have thought... I was crazy. Um, but, yeah, he's, he was unbelievable, and he had a career day on the on the biggest of stages. I
0: mean, we needed, like we said, with Terry being out, we just needed someone to step up. We had literally everything going against us. But defensively, like we said, Ben Roethlisberger was carving early. I mean, he was making ridiculous throws. To be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot of the Steelers games this year, but, man, big Ben. Like, you've... From the injury that he did have coming back, yes, it was a pretty bad injury. But, dude, he still got it. Mm-hmm. He looked too good tonight. I mean, we saw what some of the young guys did. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Ebron, oof. He he had a rough game. He had a couple of good catches, but, man, he had some big drops, too. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster held him to only 28 yards.
1: Defensively.
0: Yeah, he, go ahead. I
1: was going to say, Juju had a weird game. I think he had, like... Seven or eight catches for under 30 yards. I mean yeah. that's, that, that's weird. If you were another thing, if you were going to tell me that Juju had seven catches, I would have told you that he went for at least 100. 150 <laughs> and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they held him in check for the most part, except for maybe the the James Washington touchdown, they were yeah. tackling well, uh, but yeah, just uh, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, Juju, when you're throwing your helmet on the first drive of the game, that's not a good sign. <laughs> like, yeah. that was a sign of things to come. But still, um, like you said, we tackled well except for that one touchdown. Um, and that's the thing. Like, and people will like roast our defense all the time and say like, our defense. There's no way our defense is like fourth overall because we give up all these touchdowns and big plays. And but like we didn't do that this game. We gave up a couple big plays. But we bend it, but we didn't break throughout the whole game. Like third and long, you're like, oh my gosh, they picked up another. Another third down. And then when it mattered the most, we talked about it previous show, the red zone and when the, when the field got short, you have to get the stops, and they did. Only three points in the second half for Pittsburgh. I can't tell you how impressive that is, first off, this defense. I mean, just stepping up, making big plays. If you had one MVP on defense this game, who was it? Who?
1: You got to think about
0: all the big plays. Chase Young uh, getting Benny Snell like he did.
1: I know. Off it's... the top rope. Yeah, I know. He comes out <laughs> of nowhere, it seems like, two or three times a game and makes a play in, on, the, uh, on a running back that you wouldn't believe. Another one, just real quick, before we get to the MVP – Another play that I think is going to go overlooked was the play that him and DeShazer Everett made on Juju on the sideline to prevent a first down uh, at the end of the first half that allowed them to get into field goal range, get the ball back, getting back into field goal range. The fact that Chase Young at however big he is, is running sideline to sideline and chasing down Juju Smith-Schuster, just unbelievable. Uh, So... um. Man, yeah, Chase Young making plays in the backfield. I think I'm going to go underrated. I'm going to give it to an underrated MVP. I'm going to give it to Duron Payne. I, I saw him just impacting the inside, uh, you know, the interior of the offensive line. Saw him bat down at least one or two. Um, make some plays where it looked like the running back was going to take off and he all of a sudden was there. Um, I think this guy's going to go down with maybe like 45 tackles on the season, which is like. That's a pretty crazy, not that good stat. But the, just the impact that he makes on that defensive line on the interior, uh, it's unbelievable. And honestly, if Aaron Donald, you know, there's some dominant defensive linemen. If a guy like Aaron Donald didn't exist, we'd probably be talking about Daron Payne being right up there with the best defensive tackles in the league. And he showed it tonight, and so I'm going to give him the MVP, just the fact that he uh, – it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, and it's not going to show up in – Tackles for loss, but just the the impact plays that he made were unreal for this defense.
0: I can't be mad at you with that because, honestly, I don't know if you saw, but also tweeted this. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, they're both really good at it. They are so good at getting off their blocks in the run mm-hmm. game. They'll stay in their blocks, stay squared up with them, and as soon as they see where the running back's going, they cut off their block, fill in that hole, and their their run defense is phenomenal. That's what... But like you said, that doesn't really show up on the stat sheets, but it does. Pittsburgh, fourteen carries for twenty-one yards, averaging one point five yards a carry. That is terrible.
1: That's absurd. That you know, with a with a team that just always has cranked out running backs. I mean, going back to Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker, Le'Veon Bell, the fact that they always make it a point to run the ball to hold them to twenty-one yards is that doesn't even make sense to me it's unbelievable and you're right it speaks to jonathan allen and deron Payne. and that's such a good point that we say it doesn't show up on the stat sheet but these are showing up on the stat sheet that is all those guys in the middle clogging up those holes and allowing nothing to happen
0: yeah i mean pittsburgh will say well we didn't have connor well we didn't have antonio gibson Right. And we still didn't have much rushing yards. We had 45 rushing yards. This was the game, and you saw it later on in the game, how we talked about early in the season. Your running game is going to be the short passes. We saw McKissick having his success later on in the game. Those checkdowns turning him into 8-yard gains, 10-yard gains, picking up first downs. I mean, I think you found the formula. J.D. McKissick followed you on Twitter. J.D. McKissick has a great game. Washington beats Pittsburgh. Do you think Co- they go hand-in-hand? Hand?
1: Coincidence? I think not. No. I mean, I just want to point that out. 1-0 and oh since... Uh, okay, so we're 1-0 oh since you talked to Jason Wright. We're Who, one by and the oh.
0: way, asked us and said, you know, guys, we see y'all tweeting about the All-Whites. I want to let you know it's coming. He didn't say when, literally the next week my man follows up
1: we got ourselves a real president so i so he kind of snuck that in on that that call he he mentioned it it made me think that it was coming but i did not think it was coming the very next game yeah. the white on white was the such biggest a game threat. of the season yeah and but you're right so we're 1 and 0 since you talked to Jason right we're 1 and 0 since jd mckissick follows me on twitter i mean these aren't I don't know. I don't know. You, stop. you, you, you guys be the judge. Maybe it's Burgundy Network podcast that's bringing all this good juju for us. <laughs>
0: oh, it's too soon.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: We still want him, right? Ooh, that's that's a pod that's gonna have to wait. Another yeah, we'll thing. Wait. Another thing that we haven't said yet. I'm gonna go ahead and say it because we got the dub. I was gonna wait until I got my shirt. But screw it everything's off the table right now first win since picking up a new sponsor didn't even tell brian I was gonna do that so big news this is totally going off script but i don't
1: care we don't have a script anyways do we have a script i haven't written no i haven't written anything down all the whole time we've been uh, partners here, so if we had a script, I knew. Nothing <laughs> he about saw that. my
0: desk. And it literally looks like a mad scientist, and all these notes, like trying to find like some formula that doesn't exist. And Brian's just chilling on the couch in the old Clinton Porter's jersey, drinking a beer with no notes
1: <laughs> on a Monday so, night. What a r- irresponsible! What an irresponsible! I know. Day. I open anyway, in the morning. Continue. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I'm not even worried about it. I open in the morning. I probably won't sleep tonight. But the new sponsor, 500 Level. If you follow Julie Donaldson, you've seen their products. She posts all the time, all the cool shirts. I don't have, like, an ad and stuff to sell you. We're just telling you, like, we'll start that next week. But these guys are awesome. Have some of the best shirts for all sports teams, first off. Your favorite teams, favorite players, wrestling. There's music, like musicians. I'm waiting for a little Uzi shirt because I'm definitely going to get that. But I ordered my Terry shirt. It's coming. If you see, I'm, Julie's always repping her Chase Young shirt.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm going Chase Young with my first one. And like you said, being an Atlanta guy, uh, if there are any of my friends that have are listening just to give me support down here in Atlanta, they got Falcons. They got everything. I was looking at the, uh, the website the other day. Just a really cool site. Um, and they really... They hone in on the players. It seems like yeah. they hone in on the players, and they're about the players. And so, you got Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, all all the guys. They have
0: They have some old old players, yeah. current players. Like I said, wrestling. I was like, what? Like MLB, NBA. I got a John Rant jersey too. I didn't tell you that. Nice. Love John Rant, Rookie of the Year. So check out five hundred level, five zero zero level on Instagram. And uh, 500level.com. Like I said, go to Julie's page. You can see the uh, Chase Young jersey she was sporting. Reach out to her trying to do a little
1: collab, a little a little get-together. Right. to 500 level, all 500 level pod or something.
0: Yeah. A little, little ad, a little read or something like that. So check that out. Super stoked. I'm going to reach out to them. Like, y'all have to get Montez Sweat, like a fly swatter hand. Shirt. Yeah. Just just an idea. Maybe What's like,
1: up? Our- what's our code again is it bnp20 is yeah that right? that's
0: the code bnp20 get 20 percent off shirts christmas is coming up so i mean share the love share the wealth don't buy them that tacky sweater from Coles. no offense Coles. even if you got Coles cash 500 level.com get them a shirt with washington on there because this team is headed in the right direction brian 11 and 1 that just looks so good i'm looking at espn right now and that one is just beautiful
1: yeah, I mean, you can't you can't take it away. I mean, we can say that they. I saw. I don't know if you saw Field Yates's tweet. But I he saw was, Greenberg. Yeah, I mean, Grainy. just given given the Steelers an excuse uh, for playing on a short week. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, Washington came in with a quarterback who basically has one leg and is still working his way back. I mean, we can make excuses all day. We can talk about Antonio Gibson who. Is arguably your best playmaker. We can make excuses all you want, but the fact that you go in to Heinz Field and you beat an undefeated team—I'm not taking that away. I don't care if uh, you know Ben Roethlisberger didn't play tonight. I don't care if they had started a practice squad quarterback to beat an undefeated team. You can't take that away from these guys. Nope. And it just—it speaks so much to what Ron is building in Washington, and not just Ron, but Jason Wright and. Uh, you know Julie Donaldson and the fact that maybe Dan Snyder is finally getting out of his own way, but the fact that they're just building in the right direction—it's uh, it, an unbelievable night for the team and pro- probably the best win in since 10, the playoff 15 years. Win. Yeah, since the '05 playoff win, I, I, I'll,
0: I'll go on 15 ahead. Fifteen years, it. I'm I'm all in on that. Name yeah. a name a game that was more impressive than
1: this. I mean, you 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 have some games that that got them to the playoffs. Um, you know, RG3's year, there were they went on a seven-game win streak. I mean, Kirk had some big games. The, you like that stuff. But just in terms of opponent and in terms of importance, the fact yeah. that the Giants get an improbable win Huge against Seattle. Win. And, uh, it's, I, yeah, I, I'll put it right up there. I think this was a playoff game. I think they needed to win this. Uh, and that's crazy to say against an undefeated team. But the fact that they went out there and did it, When this team, for largely two to three decades, has been embarrassed in national games, unbelievable, man. Uh, I keep saying unbelievable. I probably said it like five or six times. Maybe we should call the pod unbelievable. It's it's my crutch word tonight because I just don't have any words. I mean, we were we were talking about it before we 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 popped the 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 mics on, but I thought that this team was going to make a statement. I thought they were going to play the Steelers close. I thought they were going to hold them to uh, within a touchdown. I thought that they were going to, you know, score late to make it a seven-point game, to make it a three-point game, something like that. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that they were going to come out there and beat the undefeated Steelers. I- I'll be honest. I love this team, as you know, and I try to find all the positives I can, but I I, in no way thought that they were going to win this game. Uh, incredible.
0: It's, especially with Gibson going down, like, I can't stress how big that is. We saw the game he had Thanksgiving and how much of this offense, like, people don't understand how, people kept saying, we have no rhythm, we have no spark. People don't understand how much rhythm comes from a running mm-hmm. game. It opens up everything else. If you just have the checkdown and passing game, like, defenses know what to expect. You're not going to run Peyton Barber on 20-yard gashes up the middle and, like, on the outside. It's just not going to happen. This team legit dug deep and just fought every single drive of this game. There is one time where they could have easily just been like, yep, these guys undefeated for a reason, Gibson's down, like, all these bad things are going on, like, Sheriff went out. Like, we could easily
1: just fold over. No one's going to fault us. Curl got popped and was out yeah. for a little bit. You're kind of thinking like, okay, do we just kind of punt on this game, try to stay as healthy as possible, and gear up for these last five games that we think we can win? And, and they didn't do that. They didn't do that. You're right. They absolutely they dug deep. They found a way to make some plays. And, and we mentioned the Antonio Gibson man, but, and I'm not one to dog on the referees. I think that there yeah. are enough calls that go one way or the other but the fact that they missed that Logan Thomas stretching Dude, for the so first bad. down that was unbelievable so bad. how bad that was and, and and the fact that they then go for a fourth down and they they completely blow it i hated the play call
0: yeah
1: um you, you would have thought this is just another monday night game for washington and somehow they dug deep and they were able to overcome that they were able to overcome themselves they were able to overcome injuries they were able to overcome some ticky-tack calls, and uh, they beat an undefeated team at their home field. All on an Monday upset, night. Period.
0: On Monday night.
1: Last Monday night win since, I think, Colton Dallas, mm, that which was is crazy. That, that was a great game. game. But that that's how long ago. That was six years ago, I think. And, uh, yeah, wow, wow.
0: And, I mean, Alex Smith has to get – game ball just for walking off the field with that ball right before halftime like that might be play Uh, the game is that play the game
1: it's pretty it's a savvy vet move i don't i'd be curious to hear what he says i wonder if he knew that or if he was just trying to (laughs) he had to you know know. he's a vet so here's my thing i'm curious if he knew i wonder if he was just trying to take the ball so that they could bring in the other kicking ball and not get confused with switching out the balls but If he knew that and he knew what he was doing, I mean, sign me up for more of uh, what? What do you call him, Agent Eleven? Agent Eleven. Yeah, sign me up for more of that guy because just unbelievable what. Yeah, just unbelievable what a leader he is and how much of a, a boost he's given this team. I think we've heard it from different guys. The fact that he's just so calm, cool, and collected, even when. TJ Watt is bearing down on him, even when, you know, the pocket is breaking down, even when blood is gushing out of his, his one good leg. I mean, just, man, Alex Smith's unreal.
0: Yeah, I mean, he got hit pretty good a couple times. He got sacked three oh, times, yeah. but, I mean, they were coming at him. Like, it was like full-speed full, full speed blitzes by the linebackers. Like, he was getting hit hard. Um, But you got to sit here and wonder. Like you said, the Giants getting the huge win at Seattle. That really boosted them in the NFC East race. But now here we are, the unprobable. No one thought we were going to beat Pittsburgh. Heck, even some of us thought it would be doubtful. Beat Pittsburgh. Where do you see us going in the NFC East race right now? 49ers are down, 14-7 to Buffalo. It's still going on. We play San Fran next. We'll break that one down, but big picture-wise, if you're looking at the end of the season... What percentage do you have us winning the East now?
1: Uh, I mean, I think this is a, a statement game. I mean, just the fact that you blew – not blew, but had a chance to win those Giants games and you're, you're, you <sighs> you might be – Those are hard, man. Yeah, you're sitting here thinking, you know, maybe we don't go for two. You know, maybe, you know, one less turn. whatever it is. Sitting here last night, I'm like, I can't believe the Giants are really going to win this division. Right now, I think Washington's got to th- got to feel like they're in the driver's seat, and I got to give them a good shot. Uh, what do we say before the, you know, the pregame pod, Twenty five to thirty. percent Yeah, twenty five
0: to
1: thirty. Yep. I would take it up another five to ten percent. <laughs> okay. Th- this is just such a momentum swinger that how can you not pick this team right now? The fact that they've uh, won what three in a row now. The fact that they beat an undefeated team. And I know the NFL is a week-to-week league. They could come out and throw up a dud against the 49ers. But I just think the leadership on this team is not going to allow that to happen. I think that the Giants really do have a tough schedule coming up. Uh, they they still got to play the, the Cardinals. Um, they got to play a couple other games. I don't know them off the top of my head. but The Ravens.
0: Just, yeah,
1: yeah, just a couple of games that you, you got to think that, that aren't going to go their way. Ooh,
0: Browns, too.
1: Right, a bunch of playoff teams yeah. essentially, and where Washington's going up, they do have Seattle, but they've got Carolina and San Francisco and Dallas teams that are Philly. not going to make the playoffs. Right? I'm sorry, yeah, Philly, not not Dallas. Shoot, um, let's,
0: let's let's play Dallas again. <laughs> yeah, I <I'll> think Dallas. <laughs> Run back screen no. though.
1: Um, yeah. So I I gotta think that this team is in a good spot, and they've got to be feeling pretty good, and they've got to continue this momentum. And there's no reason to think that they don't turn this into. At least, play, at least Philly, playing Philly for the division week 17. Let's put it that way. I
0: think it is. I think it comes down to that. When's the last time we swept Dallas and Philly this season?
1: Let's it's see. a long
0: time. Because we went on a streak of not beating Philly. like It was like eight or nine games. like We had a it, stretch where we didn't beat Philly. It
1: might, it might be 2012 with RG3. Because I know that they swept them that year but yeah those two teams so uh, I mean it's been a long time needless to say if we're having this much trouble thinking about it you know it's (laughs) It's a long time
0: but I'm just looking at the big picture like I said San Fran's next is that a winnable game absolutely
1: and that defense is still tough I I will say even with losing Bosa and um, just kind of all the injuries, obviously not on defense, but Garoppolo. And they still got
0: Fred Warner. They still got Sherman. I mean, they still got playmakers all over. Still got pass rush. So, like, you still got to worry about that. It's going to be essentially like playing this, the Steelers, like, with their defense, like, pass rush wise. Like, 49ers are still up there. But, yeah, I just I just don't know about their offense. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. I think AU Kandibo is coming back. And we'll talk about that more. But just big picture wise, carolina that's winnable seattle i mean they just they just lost in new york so
1: yeah Uh, i think i think the steelers and, and even maybe seattle are teams that you know washington are facing at the right time and i think that they match up well against them i i think that you know uh You know, with the Steelers, obviously the big win, not expected, but we thought that they were going to play him tough. We'll say that. We didn't think they were going to win. We thought that we'd play him tough. I think it's going to be the same way with Seattle. I think that they're really struggling to protect Russ. I think that they're not sure what they've got at running back, whether or not Carson is healthy. So, yeah, I think Washington, whether or not they match up well, they're at least getting these teams at the right time, and that's even bigger than, you know, Matching up well. If you get a team at the right time and you're playing them and you're hot, that's huge.
0: Yeah, I think our front four, uh, specifically against teams like San Fran, Carolina, Seattle, it's definitely going to help us out. Because if you want to beat San Fran, you get to Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you want to beat Seattle, first off, their defense is terrible, but you get to Russ. I think he's the most sacked quarterback in the league right now.
1: He's he's got to be up there. I know that they he's talk about it for sure. And week yeah. out, yeah.
0: He's definitely top three. So you get to the quarterback, you win games. We didn't necessarily hit Big Ben tonight, but he felt the presence. It showed throughout the defense. hit well, ball.
1: Well, and going back to the game plan, I, I, I want to go back and watch it, but there was a key play I feel like where um, Chase Young acted like he was coming on the pressure. And he dropped back into coverage and and really clogged up. I think where Big Ben wanted to go with the ball. Yeah. And you know I don't know what happened on the rest of the drive, and I I don't know what even what happened on the as a result of the play. But it just kind of speaks to the fact that Jack Del Rio just kind of seems to call the perfect game plan for whoever he's going up against. You know he knew that he couldn't blitz this team, otherwise he'd get beat by these receivers. And and he stuck to that four man uh, pressure, and it. It paid off, and he, he mixed it up just enough to throw Big Ben off, um, and, and it helps to have Montez Sweat, who has a 45-foot wingspan and yeah. can knock down everything. But, uh, uh, man, for how critical a lot of fans were of this coaching staff early on, you got to tip your cap to all three, head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator for uh, not just tonight, but these, the, this stretch that they're on right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be talked about enough First off, Jack Del Rio Sticking with his game plan, like you said Most defensive coordinators would be like Look, we can't get to Big Ben We've got to switch it up, they'd get frantic They'd be like, we need to do something different to get to him He stuck with it Defense made plays Scott Turner, especially that second half The bottom stretch where he started calling those plays And McKissick, um, that little bunch uh, Played touchdowns To Thomas on the left side Just stuff yep. like that, those were huge plays and it helps when you have guys like Cam Sims making crazy one-handed catches. But Ron Rivera, the head coach, it makes a ton of difference. In other situations, I feel like like we're like, all right, there's no way. Even though we have a chance, there's no way we're winning this game. It helps to have a well-coached team.
1: Uh, and and Pittsburgh is the perfect example of that. I I, would, oh, yeah. I turn I turn to my wife and like every time they show Mike Tomlin, I'm like. Man, I love that guy. Like I can't yeah, not mean, like him. I love watching that guy coach, and, and I think you know it's kind of a cliche, but it's so true. Sometimes a team takes on the identity of a coach, in a lot of the ways that you know the Patriots took on the identity of, of Bill Belichick. You know, we probably say that about Pete Carroll in Seattle, yeah. uh, and of course Mike Tomlin in, in in Pittsburgh. I think Washington's slowly starting to take on the identity identity of Ron Rivera. Just the don't ever quit, the dig deep and find that one play to make a difference kind of mentality that Ron just kind of seems not just to coach with but to live by. And it's just so cool to see that happening because how many times have we seen coaching be the difference in a bad way for Washington? How many times have we seen Jay Gruden just make an awful decision Uh, How many times have we seen Jim Hazlitt or name all the defensive coordinators? Watch the
0: New York Jets game. Watch the ending. That's bad coaching.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the fact that Washington right now in a lot of their matchups has the advantage on the coaching side is just something we haven't said in a a long, long time. And it's so refreshing to see knowing that we've got a guy that is capable of leading us and is going to lead us the right way. Uh, It's so cool to see that that's unfolding under Ron Rivera.
0: And I have to say, people, you have to trust the process. Right. As an Alabama fan, that has been our motto since like two thousand six. Trust the process, Nick Saven. Do the same with Ron Rivera. How many people did you sit did you see? I would say like right before halftime, like, alright, I'm done with Alex Smith, put in Haskins, right. we need right. a spark. Just throwing in, this isn't Wentz throwing the most interceptions, most fumbles, and having the most sacks in the league of an offense. You got to stick with it. If you have a game plan, you know what you have, trust it. Trust your head coach.
1: And the same thing, like, you don't think that Ron Rivera knows that he is lacking playmakers. You don't think that, (laughs) you know, Scott Turner wishes he had another receiver outside of Terry McLaurin. I mean, they're seeing this every day, they know this. And the fact that they're still doing what they're doing, that they're playing for the division, that they just upset an undefeated team, I think we got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think we knew that this was not going to be pretty. I think we knew coming into the season that Terry McLaurin was our real one established weapon. And somehow Scott Turner has turned Logan Thomas into a A legit tight end somehow Scott Turner and Ron Rivera and whoever in the game plan and the scheming has turned Antonio Gibson who wasn't a running back don't forget that he He was was not a running back in college he was a wide receiver and is turning him into a legit playmaker in his first 12 games in the NFL Uh, we got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt and for the rest of the year and, and moving forward, I think we got to realize that this coaching staff is is legit, and and like you said, they've got to trust the pop. We got to trust the process, and, and know that they're building something special.
0: Yeah, player development—that's something that we have to talk about more on the pod. Mm-hmm. Player development. J.D. McKissick look like freaking Darren
1: Sproles lately with all the catches he gets. I, I mean, he's setting career highs all over the place. Logan Thomas is setting career highs all over the place. Cam
0: Sims breaking his Cam own S- records.
1: Yeah, you're right. That, that's, that's such a great point that there's something to be said about getting these guys involved. You know, a guy that couldn't stay healthy and couldn't stay on the field and couldn't keep his spot in Cam Sims all of a sudden making one-handed catches. I mean, that's not a coincidence that that's happening under this coaching staff and not the previous coaching staff.
0: And we're getting bummed when a seventh round uh, Cam Crow goes down. Right. Yeah, right. Like it, but it's a, it's, first off, that talks a lot about how well we're drafting but then it tells a lot about how well we're developing players and how they're fitting into the scheme you're like who's this guy like i don't know like but i i trust that we're, he's good like we draft him for a reason and the dude's ball now he's one of the guys we rely on heavily in the secondary um definitely he's having an outstanding season but yeah like, i just thought about that like player development like kudos who's in charge of player development anymore it's not doug williams anymore right
1: I mean, he he's involved with something, but but you got to think, uh, you know, Kyle Smith, uh, not officially the GM, but the fact that he's, the JP the said, teams, oh, he's GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's essentially the the GM, just not in title. But you're right. I mean, they're they're getting guys that are fitting to their system. And going back to Cam Curl, had you told me that he was getting hurt and it was a big deal in week uh, thirteen, I would have been like, oh, so this was a throwaway year and we're <laughs> yeah. three and thirteen. And that's not the case, man. It, 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 it's, it feels good for a change.
0: We are 5-7. and seven in the driver's seat at NFC East right there with New York. I think the Eagles are out. They look depleted. I think the Cowboys are going to be eliminated tomorrow against the Ravens.
1: I do, too. I think the Eagles are just about done. Yeah. I think you tweeted it, Wentz era is just about over. Dude, he,
0: they said in the front office, firmly believes that he, his confidence is just shot. Like, he hasn't admitted it yet, but, they, but they're like, dude, everybody in the building sees that he has no confidence in himself anymore
1: at all. And that contract is...
0: It starts it, next it, season. It hasn't even started yet.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Oh, it, my gosh. Awful.
0: I thought our quarterback controversy was terrible. No, go look at Philadelphia. Go look at Carson Wentz's contract. Good well, Lord. Historic bad. Well, well,
1: you, you speak about quarterbacks, and uh, Alex Smith... I mean, maybe we bring him back for another year and we bring in a rookie or we bring, you know, maybe if Haskins is really making the developments we, we have heard that he might be, and I don't know that he is, but Alex Smith is turning out to be a serviceable quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's coming that, back I, next season. That, yeah, that at least gives you a bridge for next year to where you don't have to throw in a, a rookie to the Wolves. and that's something learning from about, Kyle Allen. You know, we go back to week four, or week five. Whenever uh, you know Dwayne Haskins was first bench, we were talking about how we don't, we don't know what we're going to do with the quarterback, and it, it immediately becomes a huge need. Maybe Alex Smith, you know, at least at the very least, is a bridge guy, and uh, that that, you know, that contract's not great, but it's not as bad, like you said, uh, as Philadelphia's situation. That's bad.
0: All I'm saying is we're five and seven. We have a chance to win the East. San Francisco is coming up next. As always, we're going to break that one down too. But this one was better than Thanksgiving, right?
1: You, uh, I know it's I'm,
0: Dallas. I know how, how much of a tail whooping it was on Thanksgiving. But this one beats that one out the water, in my opinion.
1: Oh, it, it feels way better. And you, you, you texted me that before the game. I mean, you were like, this is a bigger game. Uh, than Thanksgiving, it absolutely was. I mean, it's one thing to beat Dallas, but, I mean, really, you should be beating Dallas. Dallas is bad. It, to go in against a, an 11-0 team, I I didn't think this team was ready for that, and so the fact that they were able to do that is huge, and that's way bigger than any butt-whooping of Andy Dalton. I, I don't yeah. care. You're, you're absolutely right.
0: And people were saying oh, you know, Washington fans are getting too hyped about it. But even before the game, like, oh, y'all are way too confident in playing Pittsburgh since you beat Dallas, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time that we start respecting Washington and saying, you know, if we do make the playoffs, maybe we don't lose the first round. Maybe we do play Minnesota and FedEx and send Kirk Cousins home round one. This makes I... you really think we can win some playoff games. If we're hanging with Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, come on. You you, well, you gotta feel better about
1: it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said about your record and five and seven, you know, despite being hot right now, is not that good. I'll admit it. But there's also something to be said about winning your division and and getting a home playoff game. You know, we've seen Seattle and I think Carolina were the last two uh, division winners with a losing record, and both of them got a win in the playoffs that same year. So you're right. You got to give yourself a chance, and you got to give yourself. The best chance, and that's a home playoff game. And if this team continues the way they are, that certainly is in the cards, and um, is is not out of the, the realm of possibilities. And the, I don't know, maybe this is crazy to talk about. I mean, five and seven, Minnesota's in the playoff picture at six and six. I mean, they're they're not completely out of it altogether. If they yeah. were somehow to run the table, but. but I know that's getting Chicago. ahead of
0: us. I'll play Chicago. <laughs> right.
1: I know. I know that's getting ahead of ourselves, but but when you're when you're doing all the all things right and you're on this hot of a streak, it's uh it feels good to be on this side of it cuz <laughs> it normally a, 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 a national game, a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, a Thanksgiving game, we're talking about how they were close and had the opportunity, but not tonight, man, it's different. It's awesome. I'm just
0: saying, Washington has won 3 straight we were combined six points from knocking out seven in a row. We lost to the giants by three and we lost to the lions heartbreakingly by three. We were that close to having a seven game just straight stretch with Alex Smith.
1: Yeah. Well, and I know I think they talked about it a little bit with the two giants games and maybe Ron Rivera was kind of hinting at or not hinting at, you know, but obviously you wish those two games especially could have gone differently, but I kinda like that he instilled that in them, that he was going for the win even when it didn't look like they had anything to play for. Uh, man, I'm 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 a believer now and if Ron Rivera wants to go for it on fourth and thirty seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it <laughs> in. because, uh, I, I mean I love I love that guy and I love the way he's coaching and I think that he is he's building something special.
0: I've learned recently that we sure as hell, excuse my language, are winning off the field. Brian, we are finally winning on the
1: field. This is a, this is a statement win, man. I mean. Huge. Yeah, this is yeah. something you build
0: Church. off of, not for this season, but next season. The season after that. You know how much confidence these players have in each other, and this coaching staff, and in this organization right now in the locker room. Hopefully popping champagne, getting on that plane back to FedEx.
1: What? Well, and you're right. It doesn't, it's not going to do anything that, you know, I think the Steelers are still one of the best teams in the league. And I think they're going to end up with the second seed uh, to the Chiefs. But when, when the Steelers get a playoff win this year, or, you know, they make a deep run to the playoffs, you know, Washington's going to be able to say, we went in there and we handed them uh, their first loss of the season. And we kind of, you know, were maybe Antonio Gibson away from manhandling them for most of the game. And that, you're right, That that's something you can hang your hat on. It doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and you don't actually get a, another win from that or anything, but it is something that, that, that is a statement and that you can build off of moving forward. Absolutely. Right
0: now, it's halftime Buffalo and San Fran. I'm going to go watch the second half of this game, see what we have coming up next week, making this little run to the NFC East. We're finally in the driver's seat. Like I said, this game, you build off of this. Who knows how much momentum goes into the next game, the Trent Williams-Jordan Reed return game. Just thought about that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I I, I forgot about that little part of it. That'll be interesting.
0: It's like going on a date to the movie and seeing two of your exes, not just one, but two. That's that's a bad night.
1: That'll be really interesting. I wonder how much they'll get pumped up for it or if it's just kind of I mean, as much as it is coming back to the team that you started with, how many of the same people are in the building with all of the change that has happened? I wonder how, how much fire will be in their belly. If it was still Jay Gruden and it was still uh, Bruce Allen there, I think that they would be even more fired up. But you know, you never know. Maybe they are motivated by the fact that it didn't work out. But that'll be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, the team's winning. We're winning. We're talking to Matt Miller soon. One of the biggest names. If you do mock drafts, if you look at mock drafts, Matt Miller, formerly with Bleacher Report, such such a badass. He's doing his own thing right now. He just left yeah. Bleacher Report and said, "I'm Matt Miller, like I'm gonna do my own thing." Can't wait to talk with him. Uh, that's next week, and then Brian is leaving Hot Hotlanta for a little bit, coming up here to the DMV.
1: That's right, visiting Maryland. the family. We, we realized that there might be a chance for for us to do an in person pod, which. Uh first ever. that would be pretty awesome that would be pretty awesome work.
0: it's the day of the panthers game at fedex so of course fans aren't going to be allowed to the game we're fully aware of that but we might just do a live pod at the stadium like why not
1: we'll have to figure something i, that, I was i didn't put two and two together but I, i'm even more excited for it it's, it sounds like a good plan i'm excited to see my dad and my grandma but then uh, like second right after that is the chance that that might happen <laughs>
0: Like, hey, guys, good to see you, but uh, I'm headed to FedEx. I'll see y'all next time. But <laughs> we will be back later on this week to break down the San Francisco game. Hopefully we can keep this hot streak going, but we're going to enjoy this win. Brian, we just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the um, most decorated franchises in the history of the NFL. Steel Curtain, all that mess. Big Ben undefeated, 11-0, now 11-1. and
1: on to San Francisco, but tonight I am going, and probably most of tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy oh, yeah. this one because that was unreal and probably, like we said, one of the better games I've seen and uh, better wins I've seen in a long time.
0: A lot of Steelers fans at work that are going to hate me tomorrow, I'm already writing down what to say, bringing them the shirt to wear, take a picture of. They've been talking trash to me all week. I called it. I said we are going to win this game. We did.
1: White on white. They don't need to change out of those. I hope they the, no, the players forever. haven't even taken... I, I hope they don't even take the uniforms off. Keep them on forever. <laughs> don't even wash them.
0: When I die, bury me in my white jersey with right. some white sweats. That's how I'm trying to go. Guys, we will see y'all later on this week. What was the one word that you said?
1: Unbelievable. 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 <laughs> if we beat San Fran... If you if, if you're if you're celebrating with a little cocktail or a, a little dark liquor tonight, go back and listen to how many times I said "unbelievable" and and be careful tomorrow because yeah. it's going to be a tough one if you if you you, you take a drink every time.
0: You're going to call out, <laughs> that's for sure. You might not even make it to your phone. But like I said, we will see y'all. What Thursday night we'll break down San Fran. Thursday night I'm off, so pff, that's a wrap. We will see y'all Thursday.